the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. The statement is this, that the medium is the message. The medium is the message. And by this, when we say this, we mean that that how a message is communicated, the means of its communication, actually often tells us a lot about the content of that message or communication. For example, if you think about uh, receiving a, a personal greeting card from someone, especially if it's a handmade card, you receive the message, I'm thinking about you, I care about you, even before you open it up and read what's written inside. Back in the days of Western Union, if someone received a telegram, they knew that what they were about to read was important, maybe urgent. And these days, if we receive an email that's full of typos and sketchy requests for uh, personal and banking information, we get the message loud and clear, I am trying to scam you. As Christians, we've been given a message of utmost urgency that God wants us to communicate. We've been given a message that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son into this world so that people might place their faith in him, receive forgiveness for sins, receive the gift of eternal life and the gift of the Holy Spirit so that they might live abundant lives. That's our message. And amazingly, we read in scripture that we are the medium The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Now, there are so many ways that God can communicate to the people who created this message. This message that he loves them, that he sent his son to die for them, that people can place their faith in him find forgiveness of sins, and be given eternal life. In fact, if we look at the Bible, we see that God, over time, has communicated to God's people in many different ways. If we look just at the Old Testament, we see sometimes God speaking directly to people. You might think of the example of Moses hearing the voice of God from out of the burning bush. We encounter in the Old Testament angels who come and speak on behalf of God. We meet prophets who are charged with delivering messages to God's people. We see people who hear from God in dreams. And we see other people who are able to interpret the events and circumstances around them to discern a message from God. But since the time that Christ came to earth and lived and died and rose again and ascended to heaven, the primary method that God has used to communicate this message, to deliver the gospel, has been the church. And we know that the church is made up of people, made up of us. We are the medium. Paul says God has committed to us this message of reconciliation. 
We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. So that sounds like a big responsibility. We know that someone is not appointed an ambassadorship unless they are to be relied on to fulfill that task well, to deliver the message well, to represent the one who is sending them well. And so it's a big responsibility, but, but we're not alone. We have each other, we have one another, and we have the Spirit of God who raised Christ from, the de- from dead living in us. Last week we looked at what it means to be united as diverse members of the body of Christ. And we saw that as members that God has joined into this one body, we actually don't need so much to work at being united as we should live into the reality of our unitedness and interconnectedness that God's already given us. We recognize that in our interconnectedness, we are vulnerable because we need each other. And we're also valuable because each of us as a member of the body has something to offer something essential as a gift to the body. As we, read, as we heard read earlier, Paul says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So Paul talks here about difference, and commonality. He says there are different gifts, different kinds of working, different kinds of service, but it's all one spirit empowering each of them and empowering each of us. And the purpose of that work and our work together, Paul says, is the common good. We've been united to one another in the body of Christ, united for the purpose of serving one another and those around us, with Christ himself as the head of our body, as our model of service. We've been knit together for a purpose. It's a purpose that's way bigger than any one of us. It's a mission that's way more than any of us could accomplish. But it's our mission as God's ambassadors in a world in need of good news. And here at Bethany, we express this mission. We put it into words this way. That our mission is to be a people who are inviting others to know God. Inspiring people to follow Jesus and involving people to serve our neighbors both near and far. And over the next few weeks together, we're going to be focusing on the last component, last element of that mission statement, involving people to serve our neighbors both near and far. And as we begin this series, I just want to share uh, kind of frankly some of our dynamics and realities of, of leaning into serving our neighbors these days. Because we know that these are challenging times to do church, to be the church. It's a challenging time for our state and our nation as the impacts of the pandemic continue. These impacts affect us socially, financially, educationally. We know the impact how we even gather to do worship. They've impacted what it looks like to be the church. And so these days, the how of the church has been changed in some ways. But the why of the church has not. God is still choosing us to be his ambassadors, using us as the medium for the message of the gospel. And so although this might seem like kind of a strange time to think about, well, how can we grow deeper in serving our neighbors in this time when we find ourselves 
restricted or constrained in so many ways. I actually think this is a, a great time for us to think about, well, how can we be creative in this task, in this mission that God has given us? Creative in living into our mission to our neighbors, even when it's challenging. Because we know that many of our neighbors are struggling. We know it because we ourselves are struggling in this time. If you've been around Bethany much during these pandemic times, you know that out of a deep longing to continue to gather in some way to worship God, to continue to gather and connect with one another, to learn from God's word, there are those who have been very creative creative in helping us use technology to keep us moving forward, and I'm thankful for those those people. Pastor Chris wrote an excellent article about this, this whole idea in the recent Covenant Companion. How do we flex? How do we adjust and pivot to keep doing what we've been called to do? You know that out of a deep desire to stay connected in each other's lives, some of our connect groups have moved online. In our continued desire to grow as disciples of Jesus, some of our discipleship opportunities have moved online or partially online. We're keeping at it. We're keeping moving forward. And so I think this is an opportunity for us to keep at it, keep moving forward in this area of serving our neighbors with love, whether they're down the street or across the globe. It's an opportunity for us to be creative, to be nimble, to be flexible and adaptive, to continue to live into this part of our mission rather than just put it on hold and say, well, We can do that when things get better. How do we stay at it together now? Well, we know that if our mission is to involve people to serve our neighbors, we know that those involved people start with us. We're not just trying to get other people to connect with their neighbors. We we know that it starts with us. We know that we want to spur each other on toward deeper, more meaningful connections with our neighbors near and far. And to do this, we recognize our deep need for one another the deep need for the gifts that are present right here in our body. Paul goes on in his letter to the church in Corinth after he explains how the body of Christ is made up of different body parts. He says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part suffers rejoices with it. I just want to pause right there and and highlight that Paul is reminding us that we have been joined, united into one body, so that each member of the body may be lifted up and honored. God has knit us together with such diversity and a range of gifts that we truly need each other, and so that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Paul says, even if it seems like a certain body part is less important, it isn't, and we can trust that. Paul says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, 
Every part rejoices with it. And so as we continue to live into body life here at Bethany, if we recognize at any time that, that this isn't happening, that if any time there's one member of our body that's suffering that doesn't then result in shared suffering, if there's one body part that's rejoicing that then doesn't result in, in community joy and celebration, then we're missing something. That would be a call for us to, to do a body check and see, see if all our limbs are intact, see if there's been some breach in our connectedness. Paul goes on, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different, different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And just as a teaser, uh, Paul then goes on in the next chapter to talk about the greatest gift of all. We'll talk about that next week, so I hope you're with us. But here, Paul is giving us this, this short list of spiritual gifts that is by no means comprehensive, but he uses this list to highlight that the members of the body have different gifts. They don't all do the same thing. Paul has gone to pains already to say that we are united just like an arm and a leg, an eye and an ear are part of one body. Our unity, our connectedness, our solidarity in Christ, these are all gifts we have in common. And Paul says we have unique and individual gifts that are distinctive and that help us play our part as we function within the body. We have been united to serve. and That actually begins and includes our service right here at Bethany. I appreciate the work that our stewardship and, and finance team has done to put together our stewardship campaign for this year. I appreciate how it's a campaign that's not designed uh, to get us to cough up more money, but actually to help us grow as disciples, to grow in, in the grace of giving. A campaign that's designed to help us think about how might we grow to be more open-hearted, more open-handed, more gracious in the expression and use of, of what we've been given for the purposes of God's kingdom? How might we grow in our ability and our desire to, to use our time, our gifts, our economic resources to invest in the kingdom beginning right here within our walls at Bethany? Because as we do that, as we invest time and energy in our ministries here that happen within our doors, it's not just because we're focused on ourselves. It's because we want to invest in building one another up, equipping the body for service in God's kingdom. We want to build each other up as stronger, more faithful, more joy-filled Christians. And so we do invest time and money. We invest in our children's and youth ministries. Not because we want to simply care for one another's kids. Not because we want to keep the kids busy while we do other things. No, this is an intentional investment in their growth. Because we see our youngest disciples and pre-disciples as members of our same body, connected to us in this mission to grow, to serve, and to be ambassadors for Christ. 
And to do this effectively, we're going to need each other. We need you. We need the gifts that you have, that God has given you. And we need you to be using them right, right here in the local church. And maybe you've been participating online lately, and you're wondering, well, how does that work? If, you know, if I'm worshiping online, how can I be connected and involved and, and serving in the local church? And I want you to know our staff is working on ways that we can be more proactive in letting you know, letting you know how we need you, how you can be more involved and connected. It's the same whether you're worshiping online or in person. If you reach out to us at any time with that question, how can I be more connected? How can I serve? We will take that question very seriously. And we'll explore with you how your gifts might fit here in our shared ministry at Bethany or beyond our doors. There's always a place of connection and service for every part of the body. This is what Paul makes explicitly clear. Now, I know if you're joining us in, in person or online, sometimes your experience might be, well, hey, I come and I, I experience what's going on. It seems like everything's kind of running along smoothly. So maybe they, don't, maybe they don't need me. Well, I want to go on record as saying, not true. That is not true. Don't let any appearances deceive you because we do need each member of the body. Maybe not even to fulfill what is currently happening, but maybe there's something missing and what we could do because we don't have your involvement. Next week, we're going to focus on serving our neighbors well outside our doors in our communities. But this morning, I want to share one more thing about this idea of sharing our nearest neighbors, those who are actually inside our doors, the ones who come and join us here at Bethany. Now, this includes the people who are worshiping with you this morning in the pews, those who are worshiping with you online, those you'll connect with during the week. Our nearest neighbors are those among us. And I want you to help us to be ready for those neighbors who actually do come through our doors for the first or second or third time. I appreciate the work of the assimilation and outreach team this team who, who helps us be intentional about identifying and connecting with, with visitors. It was their brainstorm to come up with the, the Welcome Center, to have us thinking about the reality that, that we should assume that any given week, we've got here, people here for the first or second time, again, whether in person or online. They help us help people make connections. And our fellowship and service team, likewise, helps us set the stage for a great first experience for people visiting. They do it with the gifts of hospitality. They do it with the very tangible gifts of coffee and treats, which mean a lot. And I know both these teams would welcome new members if that is your, your gift and your inclination. But this idea of being ready to, to welcome and connect with our new neighbors is a task for all of us. It's a task that requires each of us and all of us to do well. We are the medium. Our choices matter. One reason I've, I've really fallen in love with the congregation here at Bethany is, is the open-heartedness that my family and I have, have received, and I thank you for that. And I know it's not just us, because as I talk to folks who have been part of Bethany for a while, I'll ask them, well, what made, what made Bethany stick for you? Why did you stick around? 
And more often than not, they'll express the welcome that they received as they came, the connections they made to, to people, and the opportunities they have for meaningful service here as part of this body. And this is something we can't take for granted. This is something we need to keep working at together. I'd like for you to imagine, actually get a, get a mental image of, of a circle of people gathered together and joining hands. Get that picture in your mind. Now, I want to invite you to raise your hand if in your mind that picture has a circle of people facing each other, facing inward. Look at that. That's like 90%. So I don't think that's coincidental. Um, in fact, if you were to uh, search Google images for that image, people gathered in a circle holding hands, about 90% of those images would be people facing inward. And there's something beautiful about that image. It's an image we might have of the church. We say, as the body of Christ, as the people of God, we are connected. We are joining hands. As the body of Christ, we see each other. We care for each other. And it's a beautiful image in so many ways. But now I'd like you to think about what that same picture, same circle of people might look like to someone from the outside looking in. From the outside looking in, it might look like a circle that is closed off or impenetrable or unwelcoming. From the outside in, people see a lot of backs. From the outside in, people might see a group of people that, that seem to have their own thing going on that they're enjoying. But it might not be clear whether the people in that circle care about or are even aware of what's happening outside that circle. And so now in your mind, I'd like you to think about that circle flipped around and facing out and expanded out a bit, taking a few steps out so that maybe some, some hands drop to sides. And so now someone looking in sees that there's space in that circle. There would be room for them to join and be part of it. They see people facing them, engaging them. Maybe some of the arms are actually reaching outward with an offering of welcome, or service. And this image is, is my prayer for us as we continue to grow as servants in the name of Christ to our neighbors, whether they're down the street, across the globe, or walking through our front doors. That image of people who are, who are ready to welcome, who are extending the love of Christ in very tangible ways, even through our, our bodies as the medium of the message of the love of Christ. The Apostle Paul writes, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. He says, you, plural, are the body of Christ. You, out of many, are, are knit together into one body. He doesn't want us to miss that. And he says, each of you, singular, is part of it. We don't lose our identity. We don't lose our giftedness. Each one of you is an essential part of this body. Each one of you, as Paul writes to the Ephesians, is God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We know that as we do this, as we live into our, our mission and our purpose, as we, as we seek to serve our neighbors we're not going to do it perfectly. 
We're not going to do it flawlessly. We don't have sufficient means in and of ourselves to do everything we want to do or feel called to do. But we are gifted. We do have a part to play. God somehow in his grace and master plan has said, this will be, these will be my ambassadors. This will be the medium I'll use for my message in this day. We are the medium. And so may God speak through us. May God use us as we continue to communicate the truth, the good news of the gospel through our words and through our actions of loving service, our actions for God's glory, and that will truly result in our neighbor's good. Please join me in prayer. Loving God, thank you for uniting us into one body with Christ himself as our living head. Thank you for the incredible diversity of gifts that you have given us. Thank you for choosing us, calling us, appointing us as your ambassadors to a world that desperately needs good news, that needs to hear the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. Help us to serve you well as we serve alongside our brothers and sisters with whom you've united us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.